one thing I love about Christmas are the cards. Partly because I'm a card maker. I love receiving cards. Cards sent to us as a family. But I love the fact that someone has chosen that specific card for us. They made a choice. But it does kind of bring home something. Particularly, and is increasingly difficult, where we have nativity scenes on Christmas cards. Have you ever gone out to buy a nativity scene Christmas card? It's getting increasingly difficult. But when you do have them, they are often magical, airbrushed, and quiet, and of course, plenty of glitter. Now, we like to recreate this idea at nativities, don't we? With tea towel-headed shepherds and tinsel-haloed angels. Spare a thought for the teacher this week at a scholabersoch in North Wales. You may not have heard of this wonderful woman who tried to put on a school panto with all of the children in the school. Every single one of them. All seven of them. <laughs> it is the smallest school in Wales. And imagine how her heart sank the night before when one of them fell ill. Oh, my goodness. It's not easy. Now, deep down, we know that the original stable in Bethlehem was probably unhygienic. And I'm ever so sorry for the person who wrote that carol, Little Town of Bethlehem, that says, How silently, how silently the wondrous gift appears. I'm ever so sorry. I don't think it was silent. <laughs> I don't think there were some angels closing the mouths of the animals. And I think even Mary in childbirth is allowed the occasional ow. And if Jesus had not cried at birth, we'd be panicking that his lungs weren't working. So, you know, it wasn't absolutely silent. I am sure that Mary was feeling quite hot and bothered after the delivery of this child. Now, most nativities would have us believe that the baby arrived really quickly. <laughs> Just like that. Oh, the childbirth was ever like that. But, you know, it's got me wondering of late. I wonder what happened next. Oh, we know that the shepherds arrived with their sheep. We've also heard it. I hope you caught it tonight. That the wise men came a bit later. In our lovely nativities, we cram all of these characters in. But there was a gap between the shepherds and the wise men arriving. But what happened in between? the shepherds, and the wise men. Where were they? Well, they probably stayed in Bethlehem. Remember, it was the original home of Joseph. So they probably had family. So they stayed put for a while. 
But they <laughs> are caring for a brand new baby. Never done it before. Oh, cool. It's very difficult. Nowadays, we have books to tell you how to do it. Right, yeah. Trouble is, the babies don't read the books, do they? So it doesn't work. It's a tiny infant, a unique individual. The singer Michael Card once penned a beautiful song called Joseph's Song. Pastor Tim did a brilliant sermon this morning about the role of Joseph in the story. But this is what Michael Card said in his song. Joseph is praying to God and he says, Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the Son of God? Lord, for all my life I've been a simple carpenter. How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? He looks so small. I love that song. Brings out the reality of what it must have been like for Joseph, the brand new dad. They have to care for a child. They'd already traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem. In a little while, they're gonna have to travel to Egypt. This is a family on the move, refugees, displaced. Thankfully, the wise men gave them things which would be very practical to help them in those early years. But in the time I have graciously available to me tonight, isn't it funny how even holding a doll, you rock? Yeah. <laughs> they had to care for this tiny infant. They've never done it before. Now at this point, if I can just add a little postscript I want to share three little things about my firstborn son. And surprisingly, he is graciously here tonight. I promise to try not to embarrass him. Chris is now 35 years old. And thank you for those of you who think I don't look old enough to have a 35-year-old son. Thank you, Jason. Chris was born in good old St. John's. Anyone remember St. John's? Yes, St. John's Hospital in Chelmsford. In the good old days when the first time mum could stay in for 10 whole days. Wow. When other people are helping you with your brand new baby, who are practiced at holding brand new babies. And then comes day 10 and they say you can go home now. I'm thinking, great, I have to go home now. I vividly remember the first time we gave Chris a bath at home. We had the baby bath in front of a nice warm fire to make sure that he didn't get cold. I had every possible towel, flannel and baby toiletry lined up to give this brand new baby a bath. And we did. He wasn't that keen, I think he cried a fair bit, but that's okay. But I do remember at the end of this wonderful thing, Chris was lying on a blanket, beautifully clean, dry and giggling. His parents leaned back on their knees, quivering wrecks. 
thinking we are two reasonably sane, functioning adults. Blow me down, we've both got degrees. How are we ever going to do this again? Let alone for as long as it takes. I wonder how it was for Jesus, the one who had created the universe, to be a baby, to be Emmanuel, God with us, in order to relieve, uh, sorry, in order to reveal the love of God to humanity. The one who had created Victoria Falls could not control his own bladder. How weird is that? The truth is, he had to be cleaned regularly by his parents. Been a bit dangerous if he wasn't, wouldn't it? It's not the most pleasant of jobs, but it had to be done. Why did Jesus, who came from glory with all these angels singing, come down to this? Well, maybe he did it, first of all, to show us that we often need to be cleaned as well. We mess up our lives. And it took Jesus to come and show us that it's okay to need to be cleaned once in a while. I'm sure there are many times in our life when we would love a clean, fresh start. Oh, and apart from that then, of course, they have to feed this little one. It's, it's sort of reasonably easy when they're only drinking milk. Yeah, I know that some babies struggle, but on the whole, milk is okay. Milk is, you know, plug it in, you're there. Oh, but what about weaning? They've got so used to milk and how lovely it is, and all of a sudden, you plonk them in a high chair and you try with a teaspoon to give them baby rice. Oh my word, do you know how far baby rice can go when a baby spits it back at you? <laughs> a long way. I'm afraid Chris was not enamoured with baby rice at all. Not even when we tried to give him a spoon, because if he thought spitting was far, you'd try flicking it, oh, you could get it halfway across the room. But we had to persevere, because he needed to learn how to chew, yes? Can't chew, you can't grow. Now, it's funny as I was thinking about this, you see, because the Bible tells us a bit about how he was born, a tiny bit when he was 12, and then nothing until he's 30, we forget that Jesus had to learn to crawl and walk and eat and do the normal things that toddlers can do. Why would he subject himself to all of that? I think it's because he needed to demonstrate that relationships are a process. It takes time. It takes time. And he was prepared to go through all of that. Now, we clearly know that as an adult, Jesus ate, didn't he? Do you remember? He ate fish with his disciples. There was this wonderful occasion in John 6 where he um, uses... Five loaves and two fish. That's right. No. Five loaves and two fish. To feed how many? 5,000 people. And of course, afterwards, they gather up all the crumbs. And all of his wonderful disciples start going on and 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 on about bread. They kind of miss the miracles and they're all still talking about bread. 
And Jesus says to them, John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. That's an amazing promise. And I would put it to you tonight that Jesus was reminding them and us that whilst we naturally, from a baby, have to learn to feed ourselves, it's much more important that we feed on God and Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking cannibalism, please, before anyone misunderstands me. What I mean is, we feed on him in prayer. We spend time with him. We feed on his word, what he has said in the Bible. And by doing that, we nourish our souls, which is far more important. So first of all, he came to cleanse us. Secondly, he's come to feed our souls. We can make a choice to do that. And it is a choice. Finally, you'll be glad to know my third and final point is that Jesus had to learn how to communicate. Now, when you first hold this little baby, I'm sure that some of you have thought, do you know, I'd love to know what they're thinking. What, what is that baby thinking when they're looking up at me? You know, whoa, who is that? It's very interesting that the way a baby's eyes develop are very much determined by the distance from that point to the parent's eyes. That's, that's the primary way the eyes develop, by looking that closely. But you know, when they're learning to communicate, babies don't stay quiet all the time, do they? No. Thank you, Anita. <laughs> babies do not stay quiet all the time. In fact, we would worry if they did stay completely quiet all the time. The trouble is, if they start crying when we don't know why they're crying, yes? Now, if a child cries, particularly at night time, it's often because they need changing, or they're hungry, or maybe even thirsty, or someone has left the nappy pin not quite closed properly. Or me once, <laughs> it's all right. He survived. But no wonder he was screaming, bless his heart. Sometimes they need to be winded. But some babies just cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. And it's exhausting. Chris cried. Oh, yes. Chris cried. So much so that we had to ask our health visitor, what, what, what do we do? What do we need to do? Well, have you checked all of the above? Hungry, thirsty, changing, nappy pins. Does he need winding? If all of that is fine, just put him down. What, you mean and leave him? Yes. Now, my husband's an engineer. You know what the question's going to be? How long for? And she said, 20 minutes should do it. 20 minutes of this noise. Yep, 20 minutes. So we tried it. Got to 20 minutes. What happened? He kept crying. Okay. So we went through all the checks again. Next night we thought, can we sit on our hands for 21 minutes? So we did 21. And what happened? He still cried. Somehow our son would cry for no apparent reason for exactly 
23 minutes. And then it was like flicking a switch, and he stopped. And we thought, oh, okay. And the next night, 23 minutes, click. And then all of a sudden, it was almost as if he said, oh, gosh, they're not much good as parents. I can't be bothered crying anymore. And he went straight to sleep, which is great. Do you know, I wonder how the infant Jesus, who had been there at creation, who had said, let there be, his word brought things into being, could not make his parents on earth figure out what the problems were. I wonder how frustrating it was. I wonder sometimes how frustrating it must be for some of us who struggle to tell someone how we feel. Maybe we're going to be misunderstood, judged, or rejected. You see, God knew that we needed someone who could connect. He didn't send a warrior on a horse, smashing through the opposition. He sent a baby, because as you've seen tonight, you have to hold a baby close. Only then, as you draw near to a babe, can you understand that he can hear your heartbeat, see your tear, and bring you comfort. Finally, we have no record of any words that Jesus said publicly until he was 30. I'm sure he said them, but we have no record in the Bible. But he'd been out tempted by the devil in the wilderness and came back. And he came back to home, to the synagogue, his home church, and he stood up and went to read as we've had readings tonight. And what does he say? Luke tells us in chapter 4. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, and to release the oppressed, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendants, and sat down. Now that's because it was usual to read the scripture standing up. Jesus sits down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Whoa, we hear nothing! And then he comes in with that. What words to say? Do you have a Christmas wish list? This is what I'd like for Christmas. Or you're all looking at me so prim and proper as if, no, of course not. I have two sons. Oh my goodness, do we have wish lists. Christopher gets in nice and early, and I have the list complete with thumbnail photographs just in case there's a possibility that I might get the wrong version of something. His younger brother Andrew, who is 33, sends me by email a spreadsheet. <laughs> Seriously, what he wants, where you can get it from, if there's a website how much it's going to be, and if that particular game is going to be released soon, the release date. We get the whole lot. A wish list. 
I wonder if this world could have a wish list tonight. And somebody said, you can have the following. Good news, freedom, sight, release, and favour. There's some wish list, isn't it? But Jesus has just told them, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Because he came so humbly, he can now offer us all of this. He made a choice to come as the baby, learning how to communicate, to bring such incredible news. He made a choice not to be a distant God, but a God you have to hold close. So I have one final question for you. What choice are you going to make this Christmas? Will you get caught up in the lights, the tinsel, and the glitter, and ignore the baby who is that close to you? Or will you this season understand that he came in this way to be able as a man, to cleanse your soul, to feed your soul, and to communicate with your soul. This Christmas, will you make a choice and draw this close to Christ?